1: Doing great, man. We survived the carnage of the last 48 hours. Uh, still ticking. Uh, got some sleep. Built a lot of things that I had no desire to build. Uh, but you know, we're here, and we got one last full slate of NFL DFS on the table for us. And it's not even like a super weird seventeen like usual. But uh, we'll get into it. So, uh, yeah, man, it's good to see you guys one last time. You know, before the new year. Yeah, it's good to see you too, and it's also
2: good to see. John Daggle, who is now 11 months from his uh, next birthday. So, Mr. Dagle, how are we doing, buddy?
3: This is like happy birthday plus four or something like yes, that. Yes, right I right know. Right we're, 11,
2: we're 11 months away. Uh are getting your weekend now.
3: And y'all are the ones with kids. I mean, you're the ones with holidays to speak of. I, I spent my holidays getting back at 3 in the morning and messaging Reeves photos of pizza and cheesecake because I, 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 I spent it in New York on my own. so
2: I'm just really glad the P word that you said was pizza right there because when I heard it at 3 a.m. texting Reeves' pictures up, and I was like, oh, no, what's about to happen here? So I'm glad I, you said pizza, buddy. I
3: finished it off with pizza, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm sure you did. All right, guys, uh, before we jump into the slate, YouTube, y'all are back for us. Welcome back. It's good to be back. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button, and uh, make sure you type in what you're doing when you comment on here, make sure you say what you're doing to prepare for John Daigle's next birthday, 11 months away. So we got to get moving. Oh no, don't be shaking that head. Mr. Daigle, come on, don't be doing that. Uh, Also, New price on the college football package for the Bulls games, 40 bucks. For all content through the National Championship. You're going to get full access to projections and lineup HQ, expert rankings, survey, tags, and, of course, the Discord chat access. And I'm going to tell you, as somebody who knows, doesn't know a damn thing about college football, but I've been doing pretty well on it just because I've been listening to these guys. There are a billion games out there. Don't force yourself You know, – don't drive yourself crazy by doing all this work yourself. Let the Roto-Grinders guys help you out. And for 40 bucks, it's a pretty damn good deal. And also, want to thanks these guys for rocking the Roto-Grinders badge and the Roto-Grinders badge promo. We got Busy24, SBD2432, Compact263, Mustard Mac, and, of course, who could forget Neighbors World. So, uh, yeah, thanks for rocking the Roto-Grinders badge, guys. But, Reeves, Week 17, it's always a weird week because there are teams out there with not allowed to play for Baltimore, they were already resting their starters. It sounds like Minnesota. They're going to be sitting a bunch of guys. The Rams may not be getting the same kind of usage out of guys like Gurley and Woods that we've come to expect. What does Houston do? We don't know Buffalo. They say they're going to be playing their starters. I don't believe him Reeves. How do you approach a slate like this where it's Thursday night and we've still got a lot of uncertainty?
1: Yeah, it's always unique, you know. Uh, it's it's like half half preseason and half like real DFS, like merged into one. Uh, and you know, we've we've hit, typically had like a smash spot that's always worked. I remember, two years ago it was Rex Burkhead. Uh, last year it was Dwayne Washington at Min Price. I remember first half of that game he was terrible and then was really good. And rushed for, like. 100 yards in the second half of that game versus carolina but we don't have any of these like real good like backup smash guys i mean i would love for it to be justice hill as a justice hill stand but hey that that you know, means
2: that your best ball shares will finally do okay right
1: no those uh do not carry into week 17 unfortunately so those are big <laughs> big fat zeros still i don't know uh how many teams he won me any money on but i'm gonna tell you it was uh it was it was less than one <laughs> but uh yeah, so I mean, even like a guy like Justin Sildo is gonna be running into one of the best defenses in the NFL that has something to play for, so it's not even like a really great like spot for him if he gets a bunch of touches. So it's really weird. We don't have any of these like glowing backup spots i mean we all saw how good the mike boone experiment went uh monday night uh for everyone that you know rushed to elevate him into lower rb1 status and instead you know we've got uh, amir abdullah on the field for 32 snaps uh so we can't even go to like hit mike boone and say all right well we'll just bounce back and we'll hit this again but it's it's there there really aren't any of those real real great gems right now
2: yeah but degle it it feels to me like You know, we're still, what, three days away from the slate starting. It feels like we've still got time to get some news that after this show airs, and again, guys, we're recording this on Thursday night, but after this show airs over the next three days, Daigle, it feels like we're going to have some news hit, and that is very likely going to open up some value.
3: It's the same as Rich, though, for me, where I started setting up looking for those value plays, and there are a few guys here and there, but really, you're kind of paying up still. Uh, We know playoff situations by now. We pretty much have a good glimpse of who is going to rest who, and yes, they may change over the next 48 hours, but for the most part, uh, we got our games we're going to talk about, and I think the exposure is going to be going to these three contests we're going to discuss heavily.
2: Yeah, it's one of those slates where normally week 17 we have that elite smash lock button value. I don't think we have that yet, so hopefully we can find a few guys during this show and of course as the week goes on. Maybe they should-
1: they'll give us uh, Durrell Henderson or something later in the week. They'll just say they're not going to play girly. Let- they're going to say, well, maybe we'll just see you have one Durrell Henderson week this season for everyone else's best ball teams. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy though how all of us had the same thought. Like I also went to DraftKings
3: looking at Justice Hill's price the moment week 17 slate was Released. I was like, finally, we're here. And of course, uh, yeah, it's still pretty high.
2: Yeah, poor Jarrell Henderson and Justice Hill, those guys can go room to with each other, and you know what I think they can do to each other while they're in that room. All right, Atlanta at Tampa. It's a 48 and a half, 48 point total. Tampa Bay one-point favorites at home. And of course, we have the Brashad Perriman, Justin Watson pairing for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Julio Jones. He's getting 40 percent of the target since Calvin Ridley goes down. Dagle. When you look at this game, we've got two offenses that love to throw. We have, outside of Julio Jones, a bunch of dudes we really don't want to click on the button as far as pass catchers go. What are we doing with these two passing attacks, Dale?
3: I mean, we talked about this spot for the Bucs just last week. Remember, we came on the show and said, oh, well, like Houston's defense, whatever, um, with Jameis Winston. But here's the thing with Falcons' defense. We've talked about... Falcons defense now for a little while and it's because they had that two game stretch recall outside of their week nine bye, they came back shut out Drew Brees and Kyle Allen for a total of 12 points and then Jameis Winston ran over them for 313 yards and three touchdowns but in that time, that's kind of the only performance this Falcons defense has been under the weather. Uh, that's the only time since week 10 they've allowed a, a QB1, a top 12 performance. And it would happen to be against Jameis Winston. So it's a weird spot to where, yes, he did outperform uh, what they were bringing to the table previously. But at the same time, their defense has been pretty good. Um, you know, we don't even have Ishmael Hyman for Jameis Winston anymore. <laughs> He got waived after that one game. He's gone yeah. now. They call it, they brought back uh, yeah. Jaden Mickens yes. who flashed with Jacksonville's offense.
2: His so, name is Ishmael Byman. It that's very ah, it, ah.
3: That's a good dad joke post Christmas, by the way. Thank you. I'm sure little Crane's going to look forward to those in five years time. But, uh, but so, so for Jameis Winston though, either way, we know where the targets are going and we know it's going to be Perriman, which if you didn't want to pay up for six K on a three game slate, look at his salary across sites now. And Justin Watson, who did get there and still remains uh quite reasonably priced. Actually.
2: Do they just hate OJ Howard? Like this is unbelievable Reeves. Like, I mean, I know he had 15 targets the last two weeks, and he had 16 points over on draftings. He's still 4-3. Reeves, what do you say we run it back one more time and light some more O.J. Howard money on fire?
1: And we'll only have one more week to lose money with O.J. Yes! Howard. I mean,
2: <laughs> hey, there's always next season,
1: baby. I mean, he's still getting looks. It's just the problem is there's a, like he's shown no ceiling at all this whole season. I mean, when he gets there, he barely gets there. Uh, but he has accounted for 15% of the team targets, you know, uh, over the past four games, played eighty five percent of snaps. Atlanta's allowed a top twelve scoring tight end in three of their past four games. I mean if there's if there's one more week for us to lose money with all the <laughs> all the familiar guys we've lost money on this season, might as well keep going back to that well. I mean t- this, I mean, Jameis is such a – he's had such a peculiar season, man, and, and obviously a lot of people know that. But uh, comes in this game with 4,900 passing yards. He has 11 300-yard passing games. That's tied for the third most in NFL history, and he can jump to second if he throws – another one this week. He still got to 300 last week, and he was bad without Mike Evans and without Chris Godwin. I mean, he threw for just seven yards for pass attempt. That was his lowest in a game since week 11. Uh, He completed just 52% of his passes. That was his second lowest rate of the season. So, I mean, having those guys off the field did have an impact on him, but they're still going to drop back a ton. That's what they do. He's still going to throw it. He's going to throw some to the other team, some to his team. Uh, He can be the first quarterback ever in NFL history to go 30 for 30 remember that used to be a big baseball thing like like <laughs> jose canseco would go 30 for 30 or like you'd be like yeah 30 steals 30 yeah, yeah. famous has got to go going for the 30 tuds and the 30 picks we can get two to the falcons this week um uh, I mean, just what a peculiar player. But he's he's consistently, generally, does find his way to fantasy value. Uh, just maybe we've seen like his ceiling just be capped now without having the weaponry. Perriman has been getting like these nice solid. He had the, he had the monster games in Detroit. Had another solid game last week. Uh, seven for one hundred and two. Uh, led the team with 12 targets, which is 25%. So, I mean, he's still kind of just hitting still. Watson is, like, not very exciting, just 10.2 yards per catch. But, you know, he's getting those end zone targets in both of those games. And there's really no one else they're throwing to. I mean, they're throwing to those top four guys. They're going to dump off a little bit to the running backs. Cameron Brate's getting four or five targets. But those are the guys that are still getting the volume in the passing game.
2: Yeah, it's amazing because I had somebody argue the other, last week, and I thought it was really interesting that Jameis's how bad and how often he throws to the other team is actually really good for his fantasy because that just means he's playing from behind, so he's going to chuck it even more. And it makes a lot of sense, I think. Like, Jameis, 6'6", six, six, yeah, it's a lot to pay for him. You pair him with Rashad Perriman, which I – I, I I don't. Know. I couldn't do it last week. I don't think I'm going to do it this week, especially on a full slate. I'm Maybe I'm just lighting it on fire by fading Rashad Perriman. If that's the way 2019 ends, then so be it. On the Atlanta side, we've got Devontae Freeman. He's priced up after a few good weeks. I don't really want to play him against this Tampa Bay defense. But to me, Daigle, the only guy I'm really looking at here, Austin Hooper and Julio Jones. And Julio Jones, 40% target share since uh, Calvin Ridley went down. It's awfully tough to ignore him.
3: Agree. And by the way, we, this Jameis Winston, you want to get it even wackier. He only needs 327 yards to finish with the most single season passing yards or sorry, number three, all time. Uh, he still needs over 400 to get there uh, for Peyton Manning. He's not going to do that. Well, at least we don't think so, but number three all time, like it's right there. It's probably going to happen. It's going to go down in the history books as one of the craziest seasons of all time. But the thing with the Falcons is that this, without Calvin Ridley, target tree has whittled down even more so than the Bucks has. Uh, as you mentioned, Julio Jones, thirty-five targets the past two games, forty-one percent target share. Uh, and then we have Austin Hooper who's ran thirty-seven routes in both of his in each of the last two games. His snaps were down last week, but still nine targets because they have nowhere else to go. Devontae Freeman will sprinkle in, and that's what you would be banking on if you play him. But it seems sort of point chasey, especially against this <clears throat> this front seven that continues shutting out running backs despite the fact their secondary is horrendous uh Christian Blake would have been like the lone the lone thing to hang your hat on last week because two weeks ago he did clearly get routes as their second receiver but even he was scaled back last week so really for me it's only become Julio Jones and to a lesser extent Austin Hooper and that's about it
2: isn't Christian Blake the guy that used to play quarterback for the Bengals
1: Perhaps that was Jeff Blake. Jeff Blake. All right. I knew yeah. it was uh, Jeff I mean, Blake I, to Darnay Scott, man. He get, used to the get, rainbow balls, some rainbow son. bombs.
2: Get pumped, everybody. I love it. I love it. I'm just glad <laughs> we Carl got it.
1: Pickens. Carl Pickens was underrated. He was, he
2: was good. He was good. Yeah. <laughs> Reeves, do you see anything other than Julio and Hooper in this game from the Atlanta side? Because I don't.
1: No, that's it's pretty cut and dry. I mean, Matt Ryan uh, threw forty-five passes last week, and thirty-four of them went to three players. I mean, it's pretty, the other guys are just are really the really the, the jabroniest of jabronies on this Falcons team. What's left? Uh, and like you said, you really can't count on Freeman. He had the ten targets last week. That's probably all you're going to count on him for. Uh, the Bucks have allowed four rushing touchdowns over their past three games, but they're all from one or two yards closer. And Devontae Freeman has one carry from inside of the five-yard line all season. Yeah. So, get, re- uh, get ready for Quadre Allison. Yeah, uh, so I mean, uh, he's, he's going to have to house one from distance, and it's probably hard to bank on that against the Bucs. Uh, what's interesting, too, is that the Bucks have started to kind of write their way defensively, too, at least in the stat sheet. Um, they're lying to six point two yards for pass attempt over their past six games, and they faced Drew Brees, Deshaun Watson, and Matt Ryan himself over that span. You know, peppered in with some with some bad players as well. But they just they they had put a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan the last time these teams played, and it was in Atlanta. He was pressured on forty two percent of his dropbacks. They sacked him six times. Uh, I mean, it, it, it could be a tougher spot. These teams historically have played in like shootouts, especially with Winston and Ryan. Together, the past seven times they played, they've gone over 55 total points uh, in six of those games, and Winston has absolutely like eviscerated the, the the Falcon side. I mean, he's thrown three or more touchdowns against the Falcons in six straight matchups. Uh, between these teams, so he's familiar with the defense, familiar with the scheme. Obviously, they're still trotting out a bunch of uh, backups in the secondary for the Falcons. Uh, but yeah, it's Julio, it's Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper's way underpriced on FanDuel. Uh, he was way underpriced on DK last week, but then they probably—I still—I think DK incorporates ownership into part of their algorithm because whenever, whenever guys because yeah. whenever ha- guys are, they, it bumps right back up. So he went up a thousand already in just uh, just a week, but he's way underpriced on FanDuel.
2: All right, let's move on to Philadelphia at the Giants. 45 and point, totally a half point favorites here. And we talked about teams that have something to play for the Eagles. They win, and they win the NFC East. They don't have to worry about what happens in Dallas. If they lose, Dallas can steal the NFC East. But here's a game the Giants involved in the big-time shootout last week, of course, with Washington. Philadelphia involved in a game that was literally the most boring game out there against Dallas. And, Dago, when you look at this game, the like – Philadelphia, they're four-and-a-half-point favorites, but the Giants have been playing better lately, man. The Giants have been putting up points. What do we think about this Giants side, Daigle? You know, I don't don't
3: even know what to think about evaluating Daniel Jones. He's gone over 300 yards in four of his 12 starts, uh, over 30 DraftKings points in four of those games. Uh, I mean, he has been Jameis Winston, basically, because he makes a ton of boneheaded decisions and has fumbling issues as well. But at the same time, that ceiling is is something impressive and this Philly defense should have given up that ceiling to Dak Prescott last week. Had he not been battling that AC joint injury, he's still going for because Ronald Darby, I can't even count the number of times he was beat, but even like Michael Gallup fell short rather than a 79, 79 yard touchdown. It became a 41 yard leaping grab that he had to do because Dak underthrew him. Dak also missed Tavon Austin for a wide open 75 yard touchdown. Those are throws that Daniel Jones actually doesn't miss. So whether we have Darius Slayton on this board or not, between Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard, I mean, I absolutely love the spot for Daniel Jones.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's tough not to, you know, historically home quarterbacks have done pretty well. I always struggle with these guys because I don't know who to pair them with. I prefer Shepard and Darius Slayton. But Reeves, it feels weird to say that at 6.4K, Daniel Jones is in play, but here we are because as we've seen, the ceiling with him is huge.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's what you like, especially when you're doing game stacks because he's shown that monster upside, like Daigle said. Uh, he's had, you know, four more touchdowns in four games. That's what we like. And then the other thing, too, is the Eagles have just said they have said not traveled at all. So they are third in the NFL in points allowed per game at home at 16.8. They're allowing 29 points per game on the road. That's 29th in the NFL. Uh, their pass defense has just really not traveled at all with them. They're allowing, allowing opposing quarterbacks to average 22.3 fantasy points per game on the road as opposed to 11.3 per game at home. The last two road quarterbacks they faced were Dwayne Haskins who had 19 – fantasy points and his best game of the year through over nine yards pass attempt and Ryan Fitzpatrick who had 27 uh, fantasy points. Um, so they just really haven't traveled. It hasn't matter uh, who they face. They just really haven't shown up on the road. So we're getting them in a spot too where we know the giants are like Daniel Jones is one of those guys. Like if he makes a mistake, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys. You can theoretically pair the defense <laughs> against him, uh, even though we're not going to chase the Eagles defense because they suck. Um, but uh, you could, if you wanted to. Um, But, yeah, I think it's interesting to see. I mean, Darius Slayton was a limited participant at practice. Uh, He'd be the guy based on his price uh, on the two sites for tournament stacking purposes because he's another one of those guys that has just shown the requisite ceiling. When Daniel Jones has these games, like – he, Slayton's gone along for the ride a couple times, and you know had these double these two touchdown games. He obviously is the guy that burnt them twice too. The last time they played on Monday night with Eli, he had 150 yards and two touchdowns. Sterling Shepard has gotten rolling here though the past two weeks. Uh, you know he's had uh, you know two good games in a row against the Dolphins and against Washington. Uh, the Eagles are just really a team that we've targeted all year with wide receiver play, so we're not going to run from there. He's just typically not a guy. I really love because he hasn't really possessed like a really high ceiling or to put it on display a lot. Uh, but he has gotten in the past few weeks. If Slayton's out, it makes Golden Tate more interesting. And then if you want to chase touchdowns, I mean, the Eagles are no soft matchup for opposing tight ends so far this year. But uh, Caden Smith played ninety-seven percent of snaps over the past five weeks, and in his three starts with Daniel Jones, he's been the tight end five, the tight end ten, and the tight end four. Uh, with three touchdowns in those games. Uh, I think it's a great spot to come off of Saquon. We talked about Saquon last week being kind of, um, he shouldn't be matchup dependent, but his big, biggest games have come against these these bottom dwelling run defenses and teams that allow all these high yards or scrimmage running backs, and he's crushed in those spots. But when he faces these high teams, he's, he's not. Uh, you know, when he hasn't faced a team that's in the bottom 10 and uh, rushing points allowed per running backs. Uh, he's been the average RB23 in PPR leagues at just 12.8 points per game. So it could be a week to come back off of him, let people point chase that a little bit and, and focus on just the Giants passing game.
2: Yeah. And on the Eagles side, of course, these guys are all kinds of banged up. I mean, it sounds like Jordan Howard is going to be back this week, but it, the coaching staff has already come out and said it's Miles Sanders and it's Boston Scott. There, the wide receiving core is just—I mean—a bunch of dudes you've never heard of: Greg Ward, JJ Arthago, Whiteside, Robert Davis, Zach Ertz is banged up. But I don't. I, Reeves doesn't sound like he's going to go. That's that was the last thing I saw. But
1: I mean, he he came back in that game last week. I mm-hmm. would assume that he would at least he's going to dress. I mean, he wasn't effective afterwards. Uh, so I don't. I mean, uh, you know, a fractured rib is rough. I broke my ribs, and I don't play football. I don't get hit by guys, and it was miserable. Uh, So, I mean, it's going to be hard. I mean, we saw while he was hurt, though, we finally got the the Goddard game. Finally, Uh, it happened
2: 16 weeks in. It only took us four months, but we got there, baby.
1: And, you know, he got hurt in that game early, Ertz did, and then all the targets went to Goddard, rest of the game. I mean, season highs and uh, 12 targets, 9 catches, 91 yards, found the paint. Uh, You know, if if Ertz is less than 100% or is sitting out, I mean, you'll have to pay up for Goddard. Uh, But, you know, he's at least held like an all right floor. Uh, But, yeah, he's really the only guy. Him and, you know, uh, Greg Ward is just a guy I can't get excited about because he's like cheap D.D. Westbrook.
2: That's not good. That's not who you want to be. But, you know, you mentioned Goddard, and I think a lot of people forget that two years ago, this guy was drafted as the top title in this class. Everybody loved this dude coming out of college, and now, look, he's lining up wide. He's seen over 80% of the passing snaps out there. Like, it's really hard for me not to like Goddard this week. 4-9 over on DK. They don't have any other wide receivers. Another guy it's tough for me not to like, Miles Sanders, because – Look, Daigle, like it or not, and I don't really like it because I faded this dude in all my drafts, but like it or not, this is Miles Sanders' backfield, man.
3: Yeah I mean well Zach Ertz's trickle down not only helps Goddard but it helps Sanders as well uh three games ago we know Boston Scott was only involved because uh, Miles Sanders was going through dehydration and cramps and that opened the door for Scott so we have two games now his last two games that Scott's been involved with Sanders and even so Sanders handled 39 of 48 of their backfield carries in that time he's seen 12 of 24 20, 12 of 25 targets between the two, but even that six per game. And he's run 15 more routes than Scott in that span on 76.5% of their snaps. So he is still maybe not a bell cow, but he is a high-end workhorse who you can absolutely trust despite the fact that Jordan Howard's coming back. Uh, you know, Jordan Howard hasn't wasn't cleared for contact for literally a month and a half, and now he's coming back suddenly. It just really reeks of the same thing Jay Ajayi went through where uh, they, they wanted to – they wanted to get him involved and it just like wasn't happening because he was gone too long um, six games is not a full year I understand but I mean the dude literally just started taking hits on Thursday so or earlier in the week so it's just it's tough to even considering him a really an option to take away from Sanders
2: it's really you just gave me like I don't know I just got uncomfortable just even mentioning the words Jay and "a together that was that was terrible that was Music, I, the-
1: the, the crazy part is, as far as how injured the Eagles are, they've really just turned it over and still just leaned on on Wentz. Like, he's thrown 40 or more passes now in six straight games. He's completed 30 or more passes in three in a row. He's getting there. It's not pretty. He's only averaging 6.8 yards per attempt over the past month, but he's got three 300 yard games over that span. And they literally are just having him drop back a ton, even though he's really throwing the two tight ends and a running back and a, and a converted quarterback that's like, you know, a wide receiver. It's really crazy.
2: Yeah. Don't even hey, I'll tell you what, I don't even hate Josh Perkins this week. I'm just gonna keep playing Josh Perkins <laughs> well, why not? Come on. That's the that's
3: the Tariq Cohen of the week right there.
2: Oh boy, yeah. But you get to use that tight end position. All right, let's move on to Cleveland at Cincinnati, 43 and a half point total. The Browns, two and a half point favorites on the on the road. And Nick Chubb here guy reads Look, I was a Nick Chubb hater all year. He's come through, he's gonna lead the league in rushing, more than likely. Are you going to ride Nick Chubb into the sunset here in week 17?
1: Yeah, my initial builds, uh, I was able to pay up for both Zeke, and we'll talk about Zeke in a little bit. Zeke and Nick Chubb seem like the chalk cash, like the cash go-tos this week. I mean, you talked about he's got a pretty nice lead on Christian McCaffrey here for the rushing title, Uh, but where Nick Chubb makes his money and where the Bengals give up the bulk of their yardage is just the symmetry is too strong. Uh, Cincinnati has allowed the third most rushing yards on explosive runs, runner ten, runs of 10 or more yards, and their fifth in rate of rushing yardage allowed on those explosive plays, 50% of their rushing yardage allowed has come on those runs of 10 or more yards. Nick Chubb leads all running backs uh, in runs of 10 or, 10 or more yards, 793 Fifty-five percent of his yards have come on those uh, types of runs, so it's just a real spot. Uh, early weather reports have it supposedly going to be windy in Cincinnati. Just really seems like I mean, anyways, we're we're done trying to see Baker Makefield try to throw downfield, anyways, uh, in this offense. Uh, so I mean, it, it seems like just real setup for you know them to, to, to really. Clinch this rushing title for Nick Chubb, and you know, uh, really run down the Bengals' throats.
2: Yeah, it's really weird because I typically don't like these guys that don't get passes, of course. But right here, Dagle, I mean, it's really tough to ignore just how good of a spot this is for Nick Chubb.
3: If this organization is going to hang their hat on anything, and they can barely do that. It is getting Nick Chubb the rushing title by all means necessary. Same thing the Panthers are going to do for McCaffrey because uh, they had they are all trying to keep their jobs. Freddie Kitchen is trying to keep his jobs, and, and I think he will be back because letting him go after year one would be them admitting their own mistake. And teams don't do that. Teams will never admit their mistakes. They need uh, to be- uh,
2: real quick. They can't let him call plays so though again, right? I mean, they you have wouldn't Todd Bonka doing that.
3: You wouldn't Did think you so. Did you see but- that report today?
1: No actually no. no what was the report? Yeah, where they asked him about they asked Kitchens about Monk and calling plays and he said, Well, right now I just feel like I'm the most useful at calling plays. He's like, you know, Hodsman is It's like, Yep, here we go. Yeah. It's it's not happening.
0: It's never I happening. mean, how
1: funny is it that that in the offseason, remember Doug Wiley, uh the guy that everyone liked from Hard Knocks, the guy that the belly his belly moved and they all liked him? Remember he had their report and said last year. None of it was Freddie Kitchens and he couldn't believe that Kitchens got the job and he said none of the what happened on offense was really he, he shouldn't have got any of the credit for. And we've kind of found out as it played out this season because they've done nothing that they were successful with in the back half of last year. They have not rolled any of that over. They continue just to go three wide uh for seventy percent of the game with guys like Carderel Hodge and uh, you know, uh, Damian Ratley. It's it's not a it, it's crazy that they keep doing the same thing wrong every week, even though it's so
2: ineffective.
3: And outside of the Jags, like, they are the worst team inside the five, even just visually. Like, it is painful to watch them run plays.
2: At least we don't have Antonio Callaway anymore. That's a plus, right? Yeah. Uh
3: He made it it entertaining, at least. Uh, (laughs) But, no, I mean, yeah, that's literally all they're trying to accomplish. So, I would imagine, uh, especially in a game that dictates better game script than what they faced against the Ravens last week, like, it's going to be a heavy dose of Nick Chubb.
2: Yeah, is there anybody else on here, Reeves, on the Cleveland side that you're interested in? Because, I mean, Odell and Jarvis, it sounds like Jarvis is going to require hip surgery after the season anyways. David Njoku, I mean, he was a healthy scratch last week. It's really tough to get excited about him. Reeves, to me, I can't like anybody outside of Nick Chubb on the Cleveland Browns.
1: No, I mean, it's hard to like this passing game. I mean, Baker's thrown for fewer than 200 yards in three of the past four games. We're at the point now where just like Odell Beckham, like we're okay with like serviceable games. Like he had eight for 66 against the Cardinals. Last week had four for 41 and had a touchdown. And we're like, well, that was better than what we were getting. Uh, you know. But he's hit just 70 yards receiving in two of his past nine games. He can get 1,000 yards still this year. I think he's 46 yards shy. Uh, but I mean, there's no one here you're excited to play for the, you know, the. I mean, there's upside to be had here. The Bengals are a team that you can get over on, but uh, this Browns passing game has just been something that, uh, is, you know, it's not OJ Howard. To us like we're not happy to keep losing money here.
3: We uh, we're at the point of the season. We're at the point where we're asking if 46 yards is in Odell Beckham's range of outcomes.
1: That's how far yes. we've come. <laughs>
2: Well, a lot more than uh, six yards was in the range of outcomes last week for Tyler Boyd and the Bengals offense because Andy Dalton, Tyler Boyd, those guys just absolutely balled out. Nobody played them, myself included. Dangle, though, it's to be. Why did awesome.
1: nobody play Tyler Boyd? I could not believe. No, 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 Tyler no, no. no. I played.
2: I played a lot of Tyler Boyd. I did not play a lot of Andy oh, okay. Dalton. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I,
1: I, I was. I was blown away that Tyler Boyd kind of flew under the radar, man.
2: Yeah, no, it was a great matchup. It's just, I don't think we ex- anybody expected, what, 37 DraftKings points? I don't think any of us saw it, that. It's cover. hindsight,
3: but that was still, like, such an obvious game stack situation, too. Like, because, you know, no no one cares about wind. Like, we have to stop with the wind thing on Sunday mornings. No Yeah, one
2: you, cares. yeah you, you game stack Andy Dalton, Tyler and Mike Gusecki, and get excited about your lineup. That is tough to do. So you true. do that, and you can play whoever the hell he is you want. Yeah. On the Bengals side, though, like in this one, Joe Mixon, I'm going to assume that he does not have the uh, – You know, the flu in the morning. Yeah, like the Miami flu when he's playing at home against Cleveland. But he's priced up now at 7-2. Like, Dagle, can we play Joe Mixon here? Are we going back to Tyler Boyd? What do we do with this Bengals offense?
3: I would imagine so. Uh, You know, Mixon, that was was depressing having the key to every lineup figured out and then suddenly Sunday morning you get on and it's just the most depressing video of someone walking out of the tunnel you've ever seen in your life. And I'm not one to gauge that kind of stuff. And when I saw it, I was like, oh no, like this guy, (laughs) like it is, this is disaster. Still though, 23 touches. Uh, Concerning because it was 43% snap rate, his lowest since week one, but was still able to bust, I believe it was nine broken tackles just on 23 touches. So uh, I would imagine, assuming he's over the sickness, which is all we're worried about, is that he is back up to the range and the reason we chased him last week, because it's still not a bad matchup. Uh, More so to the point, though, Tyler Boyd, like we know he's going to get targets, but John Ross. We discussed John Ross just a little bit last week, but season high, 13 targets in that game led the entire league in air yards, and he played the most snaps since he played in week three prior to injury, and perhaps most importantly, missed the injury report altogether this week. He's fully healthy and ready to go. So that seems like someone that uh, I'm very interested in a bounce-back spot, especially if uh, Cleveland can actually build a lead here with Nick Chubb.
2: Yeah, and you know, it's weird because when I look at the pricing here, everybody's going to play Chubb at 7-5, which means that nobody play Mixon at seven two in tournaments i think Mixon is perfectly fine you mentioned john russ four five for a guy that explosive i certainly have some interest reeves where are you looking on the spangle side
1: i think Mixon's a guy you can go back to especially since so many people if people that hung on were really disappointed last week uh you said the touches were still there the snaps i'm not worried about because remember it was jailbreak scenario they had to they had to make a ridiculous comeback to send that game into overtime i haven't seen anything i tried to look for the stuff i wrote Tyler Boyd got hurt the, la- the play before the last play regulation and couldn't play in overtime, and I haven't found anything on him. Like, he's he best That's because hamstring.
2: Ev- everybody has I- stopped reporting on the Bengals. Nobody cares anymore.
1: Yeah, I've been, like, trying to find out if he was at practice or anything this week because he couldn't play in overtime uh, in that game last week. You Remember, he barely had he barely stood up so they get the playoffs so there was no runoff. And uh, they were able to get that last playoff, but he, i haven't seen anything about if he, you know, what his status is or anything coming to game. It is a week. 17. No one, no
3: one has mentioned it, and he wasn't listed on the injury report. That's all we have. So if all he's right, not listed, so he, yeah, but
1: if he's not on the injury report, not listed, so maybe he must have been a participant. I was just trying to find something because he hurt his hamstring and came out of that game because he would right. be the obvious guy just based on you know kind of having some new life since Dalton came back into the fold. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard though for the overall to trust anyone because of the, just the situation they were in last week, you know, them just chasing points against that Miami secondary in that fourth quarter. They were, I mean, they were getting roasted in that game. I remember just looking back. I was like, Oh, wait, the Bengals tied it. Like what happened? You know, that was the craziest (laughs) last three possessions.
3: I've never seen a 40 seconds like that ever in my life.
1: Because like, halfway through the third quarter, we were laughing watching the game. Like, oh, well, the, the Bengals secured that bag. Like, they came out and did what they needed to do to get that number one pick. And then they're here making this furious comeback. We're like, what are they doing? What's going on? Yeah, but, uh, yeah I mean, uh, it's, it's pretty tight, though. Those are the guys you want to play from the Bengals. All right, let's move on to some
2: quarterbacks. And Reeves, I, I'm going to start with you because I assume there is a really cheap Konami code quarterback that you like out there. Am I right?
1: Um, I don't know. I haven't dug in so far on the on the on like just looking for like the, the super value on QB. So if there is, bring them up I'll see if I can touch upon him. But uh, you know, definitely just the guys that stick out. I think Daniel Jones is in play. That we talked about. Obviously, I think Ryan Tannehill is in another great, really good spot. I mean, he's been a top 10 scorer in seven of his past eight games. Uh, we could potentially be getting a Houston team that has nothing to play for at 4 o'clock. Don't know why that game's at 4 o'clock and it's not at one with the other yeah. games that matter for them. And even if Houston were to play it straight up, it doesn't really matter because they're terrible in the pass and you know, we just saw a couple weeks ago that Ryan Tannehill had 24 points against them. Uh, so, I mean, they're 27th in passing points allowed, fully healthy and motivated. So, I mean, he seems to be like the obvious uh, kind of guy because, you know, we still got Derrick Henry. Who knows if we can re-aggravate that hamstring, what he's going to be like, Um I mean, the way you just want to attack Houston is with the passing game. So I mean, he seems to be the guy that sticks out. But uh, who'd you have that I'm overlooking here? I mean, what about a little Robert Griffin III or a little
2: Brett Hundley? Come on, baby. The,
3: the only thing about Robert Griffin, because I, I think that's a good one, yeah. but Trace McSorley's going to come in and play. Uh, probably think too. Yeah, I think, so
1: yeah. Oh. McSor- I think McSorley's going to play. Uh, if Hundley starts, I'd be interested in Hundley. If, it's I'd be interested, in if, there's, if there's no Kyler, I mean, but it sounds like Kyler is gonna play, right? And it's and we can't really play Kyler if he's gonna not gonna be able to run around. I mean, but if, if we can't play <laughs> Kyler, like, why
3: don't you go to the other side of the ball? Because we could get Blake Bortles, and the Rams are well, yes. Can-
1: if we knew Bortles was going to stop. Yeah, we Newark. don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Yet. That's, the, we, that's what I said. We yeah. could. We could. Let's I, I would but love Hundley versus Bortles in a game. But the Rams are implied to score
3: 28 points. And, like, it sounds – it really does sound like they're going to bench everyone.
1: Yes. Uh, everyone – I mean, McVay who, has always been team preseason. Like, he yes. never plays anybody. And they have nothing to play for. And even their Week 17 games – their week seventeen games under him when they've already clinched spots they've basically sat everyone too. I think Sean Mannion started one game one year and they just like he just threw them to the wolves. He didn't care.
3: <laughs> I, that's right, why I'm I, ready for. And Jared Golf's contract like hikes twenty million over in the off season, so there's no reason to play him if you think he is the guy of their future that they just inked to a new deal.
2: That's it. I'm ready to lock into Blake Bortles. Let's do it, baby. Let's do. It. Please, let Bortles be the guy. That would be. That would be a really perfect way to end my 2019. <laughs> Daniel, any any quarterback takes from you, man. Who are you looking at a QB?
1: Uh,
3: Blade Bortles is mine, but I guess if you want another really bad one, we're going to have to wait on Terry McLaurin's status because he's in concussion protocol. But it's, it's no given that the Cowboys just walk over Washington. We'll talk about Zeke Elliott here in a second. But, like, we're getting Case Keenum under center, whether we like it or not. And Case Keenum from Terry McLaurin, the issue wasn't performance. The issue was turnovers. And they have nowhere else to go if he's turning the ball over. Uh, and likely comeback script, negative game script, that should help him. So if we get McLaurin, I still like Case Keenum, too. And he's stoned
2: everywhere. Oh, I love it. It's cheap quarterback week, baby. And oh, I love it. When I, I love it. All right, let's talk some running backs. And, Dagle, you were just talking about Ezekiel Elliott. And I think this is a guy that all three of us love this week. Big home favorite against Washington. You know that in a game that Dallas has to win to have a shot to win the NFC East. They're going to give him the rock, right,
1: Dagle? Well,
3: I actually want to pitch this one to Reeves because he said he wanted to mention Elliott. So I want to give him the stats. And plus, like, I have a long list of running backs. And – It did not include Elliot. Uh, it should probably, but I think I'm so disgusted by the Cowboys that I just like, don't even want to talk about them anymore. So I'll just give that to Reeves really quick.
1: Yeah. Dagle is a Cowboys fan. If you guys well, no, no one, no one knows that. Like I, I, I keep, mean, it, I keep it under wraps, but uh, you, you I'm didn't very hide disgusted. it well there. <laughs> very disgusted. Um, But yeah, it's pretty easy. I mean, Dak wasn't himself. I mean, it wasn't a game that they, you know, they, they found themselves at all, but they're huge home favorites. And just dude, I mean, we talked about it with Saquon last week. I couldn't believe Saquon's ownership. I mean, I was talking Dagle during Sunday about it because he saw some of the the lineups I had. I will.
3: I will quickly say because Reeves won't say it himself, but uh I did. Uh, we were in the middle of tournaments and whatnot, uh, and I'm looking up and it's like, oh Saquon Day. Like I see his ownerships like less than ten like, percent. It was oh, unbelievable. Well, who has yeah. him? And I look up to the top of every tournament, and then
1: of course Lord Reeves just waiting there at the top of every single tournament
3: because <laughs> he's just fully loaded with Barkley all the way.
1: Good for you, buddy. <laughs> but look at Washington's defense these past three games. Saquon Barkley, 279 total yards. Miles Sanders, 172 total yards. That's Aaron really good. Jones, the week before that, 192 total yards. I'm starting to see weeks. a trend.
2: Starting yeah, to see a trend. I mean,
1: I mean it's just really easy. Zeke's got involved in the passing game a little bit too here. They've started to implement Tony Pollard a little bit. Maybe that fumble pulls the reins back on some of that. But uh, it's just really easy. Big home favorite because QB's dinged up facing a defense that's just getting absolutely slaughtered by running backs. Uh, it just seems like a really easy payup spot for him.
2: Yeah, I mean, and he seems almost too cheap. Like eight K, it feels weird to say somebody is too cheap, and they're eight thousand bucks over in DK. But it's he
1: seems too yeah, they're, cheap. They're to giving me. up thirty bombs to running backs.
2: Yeah, like. like it's just you just play Zeke. That's what you do. Dago, where, where else are you looking at at the running back position?
1: Uh,
3: it, well, I mean, we can just go down the list. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams isn't yeah. clear. Like the Packers have full on motivation, and we saw what Aaron Jones did last week and previously this season when Jamal Williams wasn't available. So his salary's high, but quite frankly, like it's not high enough. If Jamal Williams out. Um, we did just get a bombshell, actually, that may allow us for our value of the week because Leonard Fournette didn't practice on Thursday. So we may get we may get stone men, Rockwell Armstead against the Colts. Oh,
2: my God. Between Reeves, Justice Hill teams and I had like Reichel Armstead was my highest stone running back because I took him in the last (laughs) round everywhere. Finally, our best ball teams are getting there. So that's
3: that's a really good one. Uh, Spencer Ware was moved to IR. So now the three running backs for the Chiefs are a guy they don't ever want to play in Darwin Thompson. A guy they don't ever want to activate in LaShawn McCoy and below 5K Damian Williams in a must win game against the Chargers. Uh, We have Austin Eckler if you want to stack the Chiefs because they have to win. So you can just run it back, negative game script with Austin Eckler. We already talked about Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Uh, Rex Burkhead has been – carving away into that offense and that was the key to Saturday slate and we even talked about it last week I'm the one who said I'm going to dive deeper into Rex Burkhead I just didn't dive deeper into plays around Rex Burkhead so it didn't really work
2: out
3: (laughs) but I I think Rex Burkhead in a game the Patriots need to win and then also if you just think the Texans play their backups at 425 you can correlate Derrick Henry and the Titans defense against AJ McCarron and call it a day
2: uh, by the way, DraftKings, they were on the ball with Raquel Armstead. He's 4.4K, not minimum price somehow. Uh, minimum fan yeah, I should have noted okay. that. I, I'm just stunned. I, I expected to see 3K over on Armstead. They've been,
3: they've been on top of their game.
2: They, they've, they've been on it this year. NBA, not so much, but NFL, they have certainly <laughs> been on it. All right, let's talk some wide receivers. Reeves, who you got for me? Who you looking at? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I forgot, running backs. I forgot to talk about Christian McCaffrey because this is the guy they're going to try and get like every record ever and he's 10K over on DK, and I'm not sure. I, like, I know we've talked a lot, lot about some really good running back plays. It still seems like Christian McCaffrey is going to score 10 points more than the best running back on the slate, and I don't know about you, Reese, but I just feel like I just need to lock in Christian McCaffrey.
1: I don't know. I think that they're going to try to get him that receiving, to get him the 1000 thousand, but is it a situation where they just get him that and then he's on ice? Because there really is, honestly, there's not even a reason for him to play outside of that. There's not even there, like, he shouldn't even be active at this point, but because of that record, uh, maybe, or not that record, he'd be the third running back ever in the history to get thousand thousand. Marshall Marshall Faulk and Roger Craig are the other two. Um, 67 yards totally doable we him catch 50 he's the only guy that could, that could effectively catch passes uh, from will greer the will greer experiment last week <laughs> oh, um gosh. but he's he's 216 total yards shy of, of catching chris johnson i think that is going to be a lot harder to get unless we get a situation to where maybe the saints check the scoreboard and the packers are up big and they call off the dogs because their run defense is too good. And honestly, the, 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 the Panthers haven't even been, able to, been in a situation to keep McCaffrey. It's the reason why he fell off the pace um, in the yardage is because they haven't been in any type of game script to continue getting him, like running back or rushing touches. Uh, he's run for just 62 yards per game over the past six weeks because they're terrible uh, and they've lost all those games. But over that span, <laughs> He is first in the NFL in receptions with 61. He's tied with Michael Thomas in targets uh, with 73. Amazing. Um, So, I mean, he's doing it all in the receiving game. That's where you're getting your uh, money. But, you know, uh, I think this is a game where they could get him that thousand-thousand and then just get him off the field. The good thing is if we do get a min-value play – or go ahead, Crank.
2: Well, I'm just going to say the offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, did come out and say that he was going to get him the ball any way he can against the Saints. I sort of believe him. I kind of do. Well, that's what they've been doing all
1: year. Yeah.
2: (laughs) That's fine. He's crushed it all year. I mean, I'm fine with that. I don't think they're going to pull him or slow it down at all is what I'm saying. The
3: the annoying thing is that it's only Thursday at 9 p.m. and I can already feel myself tilting from that situation on Sunday afternoon because I'm going to get it wrong. Uh, and it's going to come down to that. The good thing is, the good thing is, though, yeah, if you get a stone man running back or wide receiver, then it's pretty easy because then that's also going to shift ownership because no one's going to pay for anyone but McCaffrey. So it's one of those situations where you just pay him and don't worry about fading him because you're going against an entire field.
2: Yep, I, I like McCaffrey plenty. All right, now we can move on to wide receivers. Reeb, who you got for me?
1: Uh, wide receivers. Um, it's well, a, I mean, a tough we week, just- right? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it depends on what you like. It depends what you're playing. If we're talking cash, we're talking tournaments. Um, I think the cash play is pretty obviously A.J. Brown again uh, from what we talked about with Tannehill. And we were our process was right on A.J. Brown last week. Uh, he got shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore for all 34 with routes. He had one reception. He had a 50-yard rushing touchdown. I in my chat on Sundays, I was telling people, I was like, listen, He's going to oscillate back. He's not going to score a touchdown every game. Even if you project him for a half touchdown a game, that means the other half he's not scored a touchdown. Uh, you know it's a tougher matchup. We, he's not going to score this week. And you know the process was good. And he had a fifty-yard rushing touchdown. So we look like idiots. Uh, but you know I think this is a spot where you can go back to him in cash. The target, the target share is strong. We talked about just targeting Houston in tournaments. I kind of like the Cowboys guys in tournaments. Um, just because Washington is really down to a skeleton crew in the back end. I mean, they have to play Cody sensible Aaron Colvin, Kayvon Webster last week, uh, their top three cornerbacks. They allowed the Giants wide receivers to catch 18 passes for 227 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, You know, we've got Gallup and Cooper in some spots. I mean, Cooper has really shown uh, a low floor, too, over like the past six games. He's had just one touchdown. Uh, So we know nobody wants to play him, but we also know he's capable of like these big spike weeks. Gallup over the past seven games actually has more targets than Cooper, uh, two more. So if you want to go that route and just go even cheaper, uh, I think that they're interesting because no one's gonna want to play those Cowboys receivers. Is anybody gonna play Cortland Sutton? I uh, want to. He's just been bad with Drew Locke, man. Yeah, I, I thought I figured I'd
3: put him at ten to twelve percent ownership, which may be too high, honestly.
2: I like Cortland Sutton this week, and I know he's the been bad with there. Locke. It's a good match. I like- it's a great matchup. He's not going to be owned. He feels a little too expensive. And when that's the case, I kind of like guys because that really means that nobody's going to play him. I, I like Cortland Sutton really under the radar in
1: terms He'd probably of be on the. Uh, I don't know if there's a seven, uh, week 17 uh, buy low model from Hermsmeyer, but i might imagine that Sutton's probably on there. Air, that's yards right. is, Air Yards is
3: going through some issues. So I, I doubt it's he's going to worry about a buy low model in week 17. But who knows?
2: Maybe. R- RIP at Air Yards again. It's a sad story.
3: <laughs> no, I think it's fine. It was just going through a little bit of Christmas issues as the scotch was being laid down with <laughs> vanilla Coke or whatever the hell he does.
2: That's disgusting. All right, Dale, what receivers you got for me?
3: Uh, Smallest, Devontae Adams. As we said, the Packers need to win. and The Niners need to lose for them to lock up the number two seed. So Devontae Adams has seen double-digit targets in six of his last seven games since returning from injury. They literally go nowhere else. And it would be sprinkled in with Aaron Jones. But even taking Jamal Williams off the field helps Devontae Adams a little bit. And then uh, the tournament play, I think, would be DJ Shark, whose salary yes. on Fandle in particular sunk Stop. below 6 k despite the fact his usage stayed the same last week. He did seem a little hobbled, but now he would be seven days removed or 14 days removed from the injury altogether, seven days since he last suited up. And this Colts defense, I know they didn't show it in their limited showing against Will Greer. Remember before that, uh, got nuclear bombed against Michael Thomas, 61-yard touchdown to Mike Evans. Uh, Khalif Raymond went deep. Um, for the Titans, uh, D- Will Fuller just like went off against them. Like This Colts defense has been very bad for a month and a half, and it will probably be forgotten since they did get over on Will Greer, which anyone can do. So, uh, yeah, I think DJ is a cheapy tournament play.
2: Another cheapy tournament play I got for you, and I hope nobody goes here, and I hope that, I, I hope that he plays, first of all, because this team could rest him. Kenny Stills is going to crush it if he gets a chance. If Kenny Stills is out there, he's going to smash it this week.
3: That's, a, that's such an. No, you
2: didn't. You didn't Go freeze. good. So, that's such okay. an interesting
3: situation because, as Reeves talked about, like it is 425, and the Texans are going to know. But Bill O'Brien also is the kind of coach that would play everyone just to just to feel more manly. Uh, and like this is a team that needs a buy <laughs> more than anyone. Like uh, Deshaun Watson battling back and ankle injuries. Kenny Steele's battling hamstring. Will Fuller, groin injury, not even playing. DeAndre Hopkins has an illness, and he's been banged up the past month as well. Uh, so they, they need that buy, man. They need, they need to use this week as their buy and then go into the wild card. But again, it may not matter with Bill O'Brien.
2: I feel like Hopkins might be the one guy that they sit. Like, I, I could definitely see Hopkins
1: being the guy that they sit. Uh, Reeves, anybody else for you? No, that's pretty much it. Covered a lot of ground. Like I so said, just keep an eye on things uh, as we get closer to these next few days if anyone sits out uh, for to open up some of these uh, cheap value guys. Daniel, who are we pairing with Blake Bortles? <laughs> Tyler Higby. Just keep it easy.
2: All right. Jo- Josh Reynolds. We'll do that. Bortles to Reynolds for all the money. Josh Reynolds, is it we bad? S- it's
3: not bad. Look how serious
2: you got right there. Not yeah, bad. You got so serious you're like, ooh.
3: Brandon Cooks, I, I would almost guarantee Brandon Cooks is definitely one of the ones sitting.
2: Well, good, because he's going to be sitting for my rosters, too. That dude just, whoo, that has gotten <laughs> ugly. All right, guys, before we jump off here, want to remind you, if you've been enjoying this show on YouTube, click the like button, click the subscribe button, comment what you're doing to prepare for Dagle's birthday. It's 11 months away, so it's always good times. Can't be too early with that sort of thing, so make sure you do that also. College Football pack. For the bowl games, 40 bucks for the rest of the season. Roto grinders, they've been crushing it with the college football usage. And um, look, there are just so many damn games out there. Take advantage. 40 bucks, that ain't nothing if you're firing any sort of volume. So make sure you take advantage of that. Dega, where can the people find you?
3: Roto World Football Podcast. We are done with shows on NBC Sports for the time being, but the podcast for playoff game previews will still be there.
2: Yeah, we're going to miss you on those shows, buddy. It's a, it's a, it's you a, didn't watch a single
3: year. one, you liar. You did not watch a single one.
2: But I still love you. Okay, okay, Reeves, where can we find you? I just got called out. Golly. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, we're all busy Sunday mornings. It's fair. Yeah, it's, uh, it's true. It's very true. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, sharp football analysis. Uh, week 17 worksheet is up. I have a uh, week 17 DFS article on Saturday morning, hopefully with some of those value plays that uh, we talked about. And then, you know, come around for the playoffs uh, because the, if you're into sports betting, too, the picks have been hot on the site, uh, even on the college side. So if you're into betting and winning some uh, – getting some of that Christmas money back, uh, you know, head over there. <laughs> oh
2: God. I'm going to have to really have a good week to get some of that back. But we got to get <laughs> off here. Now, I want to thank Rich Rebar for joining me. I want to thank John Dagle for joining me. I want to thank the D-Train for producing. I'm Eric Crane. We'll catch you all later. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you later.